Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. It's legal clinic time. The Ministry of Law introduced the COVID-19 Temporary Measures Amendment Bill in Parliament. The amendment seeks to provide a rental relief framework for small and medium enterprises and to enhance the relief available for businesses, organizations and individuals who are unable to fulfill their contractual obligations because of COVID-19. Now, this new framework aims to help affected SMEs who need more time and support to recover from the impact of COVID by providing mandated co-sharing of rental obligations between the government, landlords and tenants. Which SMEs will qualify? Also, coming up later, a soon-to-be-issued wearable tracking device is going to be rolled out this month. You may have heard of it. What are the implications of this for you? We're joined by Justin Chan. He's Head of Dispute Resolution, Tito Isaac and Company. Good morning, Justin. Morning, Michelle. We live in a brave new world, don't we? I mean, uh, the, the the government has, uh, I think, uh, in an unprecedented move, has come in and um, seeks to um, give certain clarifications and changes to the contractual agreement between landlord and tenant. I think this this is this is very novel. Yes, it is indeed. It's said to be a step forward in fairer tenancy arrangements. So this rental relief framework aims to help affected SMEs uh, who do need more time to get back on their feet. Can you clarify um, the laws as they you know, pertain to SMEs and to tenants in terms of rental relief? What are they looking at? Absolutely. Let's go right into the nuts and bolts of it. I think uh, the easiest way to explain this is that... Uh, the rental relief is split into different types of property, right? Two broad categories. So on the one hand, there's commercial property, and on the other, it's industrial and office properties. So for SMEs that qualify for the rental relief and they are renting commercial property, their rental relief, initial rental relief is two months, April and May 2020, and that will be borne by the government the additional rent rental relief for the, is for June and July 2020 for a further two months, and that is borne by the landlords. In the other category of industrial and office properties, the rental relief is one month in the first stage, again borne by the government, and uh, in the second stage, borne by the landlords, it's also one month. So if you are an SME occupying commercial property, your total relief is four months, if you are an SME occupying industrial and office properties, your total relief is two months. All right, got that. So um, are there any very clear indicators for what SMEs need to, I suppose, put forward to qualify for rental relief? Uh, yes, uh, there is. Um, what, what we have at the moment is, like I've mentioned before, you must be occupying a commercial, industrial or office space. Number two, uh, to qualify, you must not have more than $100 million in annual turnover in 2019. Uh, number three, to qualify for the additional rental relief to be provided for the landlords that I spoke of earlier, you must have suffered from COVID-19. And the benchmark for that suffering is a 35% or more drop in average revenue from April to May 2020 compared to the same period in 2019. All right. And, uh, mm-hmm. 
sorry, there's one more. There's one more um, thing that that is important to eligibility, mm-hmm. and that is the lease agreement uh, must be enforced between first April 2020 and 19 October 2020. That lease agreement must have been entered into before 25th of March 2020, or it was renewed before 25th March 2020, either automatically or through an exercise of renewal. So basically, if it's automatically renewed, that brings you past 25th of March 2020, you would still be eligible. All right. So we're seeing sort of uh, sharing the burden of rent. How is this burden going to be shared, at least on the government side? How will it be dispersed? And on the landlord side, what does it mean for them? For the government side, it it appears that it, it won't be a situation where the rent that you owe the landlords will be paid by the government. It will be paid in kind, so to speak. Uh, the government, uh, through property tax rebates and cash grants, will give you the equivalent of that rental relief. Uh, for the landlords, it's um, again, like you said, it's spreading the burden around. In, in any lease, the person who has to pay rent assumes the most burden. A portion of that risk is now borne by the landlord. There's also going to be some help when it comes to being able to repay arrears. Can you walk us through that repayment scheme for businesses? Yeah, absolutely. At, at this point in time, you the rental arrears that accrue between 1st February till 19, uh, 1st February of this year to 19 October of this year can be subject to this uh, repayment scheme. So if you owe money in, in that time period that I've described, uh, SME tenants can... Uh, issue a notice, and they should start the first instalment payment no later than 1st November 2020. So how, mu- how long will, uh, do you have would be the next uh, important question. So you can pay these arrears, um, which are due February to October 2020, um, in equal instalments for up to nine months or the remaining term of the tenancy. So if your tenancy only has eight months left, for example, then you pay eight equal installments. If you've got, uh, if not, if it's longer than that, then you can pay nine equal installments. All right. So great to know about the help coming to SMEs or being extended to SMEs. And speaking of help, you know, in order to help people on the front lines, help ourselves, we all know contact tracing is essential. And we've heard of this contact tracing device. Minister in charge of Smart Nation Initiative, Vivian Balakrishnan, saying that this wearable device will be issued soon, expected end of June. It'll not be an electronic tag. It's not going to track your location, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, the device is yep. called Trace Together Token, and it comes at a time when contact tracing is all the more vital. So tell us, uh, Justin, do current laws mandate the wearing of this contact tracing device? Well, it, it doesn't appear to be to have the force of law at the moment. It doesn't appear to be legally binding. But remember that uh, we live in an age where the law is very fluid. I mean, we've got we've got laws being passed very often. That's why so, you're here, Justin, to help us make sense <laughs> of it all. Yeah, exactly. Happy to help. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's not stressful at all. <laughs> it's not stressful. <laughs> at all. Um, a pattern, though, which I've seen emerge is that our leaders will make whatever announcements that they they deem fit to mm. to to help our nation, and then the law gets amended a few days later right. to give effect to those announcements. So 
I would not be surprised uh, if there's something in the Control Measures Act, for example, which makes the wearing of the contract tracing device uh, mandatory. Um, in insofar as whether it uh, tracks your location, we've had assurance that it doesn't. And uh, in any event, I think your iPhone already does that. Mm, yeah, well, you can turn that off, right? I, have you downloaded Trace Together? Do you use that on the phone? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say I haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, sure, for I'm people, sure I will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. For people who already have it on your phone, it doesn't seem to be that yeah. much more of a stretch. I suppose this is, this is going to be useful for people who don't have a mobile phone, right? Yeah, I think I think it's it's the, that great tension between uh, individual freedom and what 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 works best for the community. Yes, indeed. All right. Speaking about community, you've been um, holding these legal clinics, which have been great because anybody from the community can reach out with any question that they have COVID-related and get some clarification. And I wonder what sort of um, queries have been coming your way? What, what are some of the confusions so far with regards to phase one, perhaps? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we are seeing a change in the type of inquiries going to phase one. And uh, if I can just take a moment and say thank you for all those people that have called in for their patience and their understanding. So going to phase one, one of the great, uh, the great changes is that it's no longer essential services can operate from the office premises. Now we have permitted enterprises. So the people going, uh, the companies that uh, can operate from the uh, office uh, are greatly increased. But the um, confusion arises where um, the guidance says telecommunication should still be the default unless absolutely necessary. So the problem is this certain company can operate from their office, but telecommunicating is the default. So the problem is what is absolutely necessary. Mm. So I'm getting a lot of inquiries as to, you know, uh, employees being, uh, I, I guess, concerned about going back to the office especially when telecommuting is the default. So um, what is absolutely necessary would differ from industry to industry. For example, in our, our law firm, we got a general exemption for our conveyancing department because some parts of their practice could not be done remotely, for example. Um, uh, fish farming, for example, which is now on the list of permitted enterprises. I don't, I don't think you can feed your fish remotely. Unless so you have a drone. Ah, <laughs> uh, hey. <laughs> Depending, I guess it would then depend on how much food, uh, fish you're feeding. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. And there are the um, um, real estate, is another example? Uh, real estate, oof, real estate is, uh, they're quite, um, uh, it is one of those industries that is quite excited about phase one because they are allowed to go back. But um, the, the difficulty is that CEA has issued a guidance that viewing must still be done remotely. So again, it's uh, I can go back to the office, but I still can't do certain activities um, face-to-face. It, it does generate a, a bit of confusion. But again, like I, uh, like I said previously, we have to work for what, work towards what's best for the community. Okay, but just, to, just the, to clarify, uh, for real estate agents, they can go back to work in the office. But yeah. the guidance is if you're doing any viewings, it's got to be done virtually. Yeah, that's correct. Which that's is good. Correct. So I'm getting all these virtual invites to show flats. and. <laughs> yeah, you, 
us, uh, us Singaporeans, we are very creative people. We'll, we'll yeah. figure something out. I think that's great. I mean, for whole industries yeah. to be taking to digital so quickly. Well, thank you as always uh, for, for sharing so much light on the laws, what's changing, what it means for SMEs and for us as individuals as well, Justin. Have a wonderful day. Always a pleasure, Michelle. Take care. He's Justin Chan, Head of Dispute Resolution at Tito Isaac and Company. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.